I like that. I try to make it fun. Will you read me bedtime stories? Okay. Good night, Moon. I like this. Underneath your bed, there's spiders. No, it's not comforting at all. Good night. No, good morning. You'll wake up with their eggs in your body. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Oh, yeah. You're giving birth. I'm never going to bed. Out your urethra. No, it's an eggs only. Yeah, that's right. That's where the spiders are coming out. If they they chew through your vast deference. It's like a health class (laughs) meets... I've learned more than I ever have. My vast deference. My va- oh, the spiders are chewing through my vast deference. Mind Gap Podcast. Guys, welcome to Mind Gap. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And it is a lovely day. It is. It's going to be lovely day. Lovely day. Lovely day. day. Didn't have to use my AK. 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 What's an Ice Cube song? I did not know that. Day was going to be a good day. I didn't even have to use my AK. I'm sure his was just as fluid as yours was. I'm pretty sure I nailed that. <laughs> didn't mess up any of the rhythm or the words. Going to be a good day. Uh, so today, I didn't even today, have, today was a good day. I didn't even have to pull out and use my AK. <laughs> today was a good day. I didn't even have to use my AK. <laughs> That's my Ice Cube impression. <laughs> today was a good day. I, I'll, I'll cut night a tangerine. <laughs> to die was a good day. <laughs> Dobby? Didn't have to use my AK. <laughs> Dobby? Do- Jesus Christ. Right? What? I'm working in the black market for muggle weapons these days. <laughs> it's very profitable. It's very profitable. <laughs> Aloha Mora. Poof. Wait, did you just unlock something? Fuck you. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> I, I unlocked your vast deference and the spiders can shoot their way out. Poof. Poof. Oh, no, my vast deference. Oh, I can't have children anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. What is happening? Whatever we want, baby. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, Justin, you ran a marathon. A what? A marathon. A what? A marathon. A what? A marathon. Oh, yeah. A what? Oh, what? A what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you very much. I did. It was so cool to watch you digitally finish, and I like that word, that sentence out of context. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it seem like I was you watching wa- you from a camera. You were watching my cam again, weren't yes. you? Yeah. You finished digitally. Congratulations. You, it wouldn't, would it kill you to tip every yeah. once in a while? Look, man, this is this is the internet. It's the wild, wild west. I, I mean, can watch what I want. You make demands. Greys are not allowed to make demands. Hey, look, when I pirate your feed, I watch what I want. I don't pay what I want. Like this is this is we'll, we can have a fundamental disagreement on this. Okay? I guess whatever. If you put it out, if you put your Wi-Fi password out there and it's easy for me to get to, I'm gonna hack it. Doug, I gotta make a living somehow. That's, That's all cool. I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. saying. Change your password. Maybe not make it guest. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> don't make it password one. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Right. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Yeah. So thank you. It's very, very, very impressive. It was, uh, it was, it was something I'm very glad I've done. Uh, checked it off the list. Yes. Um, if if st- if uh, random internet facts are to be believed, I've joined uh, the five percent of the world's population, uh, which seems like a really cool, like, yeah. teeny little club to be a part of. Uh, the more separation I get from it. The more, uh, so uh, let me put it this way: mm-hmm. when you overeat on something, 
Yeah. Right. Let's say you like you like just fucking gorge on Chinese food, and you're like, oh god, I'm you're never, speaking my language. I'm never doing that again. I feel like False. garbage. Nope. I knew you choose, were choose say a that. different example. Mexican food. Okay. All right. So All like right. you're just like you just go nuts. You're you're pounding down your the enchiladas you make or whatever, right? Okay. Yeah. Or the what do you make the Doug burritos? burritos? Right. So you're just you're slamming those down, and eventually you just get like you're like, oh my god, I'm so full. I'm never eating these again. And then a day passes, two days pass, three days pass, and you're like, I'll go for a burrito. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that same kind of thing. The day after, people were like, so you're going to run it again? And I was like, ask me on Tuesday, because this is way too soon to be asking me. I just fucking got done running mm-hmm. for five hours. Yeah, right. Let me Do enjoy not ask this. Me. Yeah. Uh, and then on Monday, I'm like, maybe a half marathon. I'd love to do sure. a half. And then today, people are asking, I'm like, I consider doing it again. Like so, the further separation I get, and it's only been two days, but yeah. the further separation I get, I feel like I probably would do it again. Well, I just want to say you look fantastic. Thank you. Like you look great. Uh, it's funny because I like I know you you look great, but when you posted a picture of yourself, you sent me a text. You're like, Jesus Christ, how did you let me get so fat? Right. I was like, what happened to me? I was like, and at that time, I didn't think you were that fat, right? And then now I, I look at you, and you look great. You look slim. You look healthy. Um, you know, like that's 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 awesome. <laughs> That's really great that yeah. you're able, you know, a nice side effect of training for for the marathon. I would say it feels very feels very good. Maybe maybe uh, we'll post a uh, we'll crop that. We'll post a side by side pic of that couch picture <laughs> versus me in the actual marathon, and we can we can see what the difference is. That's amazing. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, but it was fun. It was it was a good time. I I look back on it very fondly, and and I, I'm I'm very happy I did it. Yeah. Um. In the moment, because what happened is I hit mile thirteen. And so mentally, I was like, all right, you have to do that again. <laughs> Everything you just did, again, you do it one more time, mm-hmm. and then you're done with this thing. Plus a point two. Plus and a then point two in there, and you're good. Forget yeah. about it. But um, once I hit mile 17, like I've been saying, it, it changed from being like fun and pleasurable to being an obligation. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, I have to finish this. And a lot of people say it's like between 17 and 19 is where like the you really start to have to slog through it. Mm-hmm. And that's right around when you're like heading out towards the United Center and coming back around. And that mm-hmm. is a very fucking long stretch. Yeah. And I have to say like there's the people who are out there, thank you to them because that is the only thing that gets you through sure. that. And they're, they're sparse out there because yeah. it's just very far west to go. Yeah. But man, was it... Uh, it was a little rough. It was a little rough towards the end there, but uh, it was Well, fun. I imagine because at that point in time, you're more than halfway, but you still got a long ways to go. Right. Well, you hit 20 and you're like, fuck, I got, if you're running a 10 minute mile, you're like, I got another hour to go. Yeah. When you hit 20, you're like, good God, this yeah. is, oh man. Like, oh, geez. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's, you, it's, a, in your training, you, you kind of come to, come to understand that a lot of it is mental. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're just like, look, you're. You're, I'm already moving. It's just one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. and you just have to figure out a way to take your mind off of left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, you'll go nuts. Yeah, you know. Well, I like you, you touched on several. You said several different things there that uh, I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, I've I've gone. Uh, I've been taking some leadership development classes recently, and I realized one of the things I'm kind of weak at right now is setting goals. Okay. Um, I'm very good at living in the present. I blame improv a little bit for that. <laughs> you for blame improv being in the moment, and right. enjoying the moment. Also, I'm just very happy where I am mm-hmm. in my professional and personal life. Like. I really like my job very much, and um, I just I'm enjoying it because I've had shitty jobs in the past. Sure, I'm like this could go south at any minute, so just enjoy it. Right. So when someone's like, "Hey, uh, we need to set goals for the year," I'm kind of like, um, 
what? Just, like, can what? we just keep doing this? Can I just keep doing this? Right. And that's not how you develop or grow. <laughs> right. And so, and I, I realized that it's a weakness of mine. And mm-hmm. I have a, uh, uh, a mentor through this program that I'm going through. And uh, <laughs> he's like, so what are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to get out of this? And all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, right. I'm starting to, to <clears throat> figure out some stuff. And I, I have a, a bit of a plan. But... When you think about what made you, first of all, what made you want to run the marathon? So uh, Beth has run it twice. Her sister's run it four times. Uh, one of her cousins has run it twice. Another one run it once. Drew ran it. Uh, two people I knew from uh, high school and grade school ran it. Like I've just I've known a bunch of people who have mm-hmm. gone through it. Um, and uh, so I've gone out in the last nine years. I think I've watched six of the last nine years. Um, and uh, every year, it's just you get out there, and until you ex- until you go out and watch it, it's really hard to because because Rob, who we had on here, and who mm-hmm. will, will be a guest probably in a couple of weeks, uh, he he all his life living in Chicago has never gone to the marathon and seen it, and so you could explain it to people, but afterwards he came up to me, he's like, "Dude, that was insane! Like mm-hmm. that was so inspirational! Like yeah. just watching all those people." cheering for people you don't know and calling out their names in their shirts. And it was this, like just this positivity in this. And I like to say an electricity sure. in the city. And he, he never understood what I was talking about yeah. until he went out and experienced it. So being in that six out of the last nine years, I was like, it's just, it's infectious. So you're like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Like these yeah. people have put a summer's worth of training in and they've killed, they've, they've worked hard and this is the payoff and everyone's here for it. And it was, yeah. it's just one of those, you get these endorphins that just start firing and you're mm-hmm. like, I want that. Yeah. And so, and then there was, I distinctly remember watching uh, like a very old woman and a very old man running together one year. Cause we lived down in the South loop. And so we, I would go right down to uh, uh, mile 26, which is the turn from Michigan under Roosevelt and uh, it's right before it's right before the end, it's right before that point too. And I watched these this old couple pass, and I was like, "Aw!" And I started thinking, "Shit, they must be like in their seventies." <laughs> then I saw this girl on crutches finishing, mm-hmm. and I saw this other like I just like you know, fat, thin, tall, short, all colors and, and sexes and races and like yeah. just everything. And you're like, if all these people can do it, mm-hmm. there is I have no excuse. And so that was for me. It was all those things kind of finally just sure. Kind of click together and I was just like well fuck it I gotta do it I, I just I have to do it and Beth kept telling me if you don't do it while we live down here <laughs> you will regret it because that was Doug was the shortest commute I've ever right? had to make the finish line yes. is two blocks from where yep. we live so I was like yeah if I don't do it while we live down here I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be pissed at myself no so. it's so true like you're like cool I'm done I'm gonna be in it's so funny because Sam Cook and I went to go we were waiting Way past the finish line at like the, the like the meetup area, which I realized I'm like we should have established where the meetup area would have been <laughs> the day before, because I was like I couldn't get in a hold of Beth because right. I, I didn't have her phone number, so yeah. I was sending her a Facebook message. I'm like she's probably not going to get this. I'm like I'll send him a text because Justin will probably check his phone at some point, right. but I was like I have no idea where it will be. Well, I got it on my watch while I was running. Oh, <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I thought because I thought you meant you were going to be at the turn because you were like uh, we're by the red pylons, and I was like, well, they got barricades that could be though. Like, so yeah. I was like, maybe they're at twenty six because that would make sense. It's not too far from your place too, and and so uh, and so I got there and I was I was waiting. I, I was scanning the crowd as I made the corner and I was waiting f- to hear my name. And nothing. I'm like, oh, that's weird. That's depressing. I'm, I'm sorry we failed you. So then so then I, I pulled out my phone when I was done. I took a video and a, and a picture. And then as I was taking one more video, my phone died. 
Oh, and so I, no. I couldn't text you guys and be like, "Hey, I finished." It just I was I was out out of communication with sure. every with the world. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that's why I was like, I, I'm like, well. Fuck it, I'll just go home, plug in, and That's so funny. they're, they're going to be in the area. So yeah. yeah. It was funny because I turned to Sam and I was like, there's a high probability that we do not get this right. Because <laughs> we were wandering here and there. And I'm like, well, what, they have to come out this way. And yeah. I was like, there's like seven exits. It's <laughs> funny because I was like, you can exit early, but I'm like, if I know Justin, he's going to go check out this 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 party they have at the end. He's going to get his beer and he's going to, he's got to come down here. Like, I know him. <laughs> that like, was, it was very good deduction. Like, yeah. it was good deductive reasoning. Yeah. I was like, but he could also be tired. <laughs> He may just want to go home because we said you were at home. I'm like, yeah, why walk all the way down here when you can just go immediately leave and walk in? You know. Right. So I was like, that ah, makes sense. So when you text us, you're like, yeah, I'm at home. and taking a shower. I'm like, shit. <laughs> well, we'll be there in a bit. <laughs> we'll be there in a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, go- going back to yeah. you know the marathon. The goals, so, yeah. so you decided that you were going to run a marathon. So how did you like what? How did you start doing your training for this, and what what kept you going? So really, what I mean, the first thing was I registered mm-hmm. and I locked myself in. Mm-hmm. I was like, great, I paid for it, and if you know me, when I buy something, I get every last bit out of it. Yes. The other day, I bought um, went to Burger Bar and had a terrible lunch, mm-hmm. but I bought it, so I ate the whole damn thing. Yeah. And so, like that's that's kind of how I I knew if I buy this, if I sign up, I'm I'm not gonna not do it. So I'm I knew that was gonna lock me in. So, um, so there was that, and then uh, po- posting it and like telling people I was going to do it, I knew would also hold me accountable. So that's how I started, and I knew like if I had someone else, if I had other people to hold me accountable to it, and mm-hmm. t- that I would publicly look like a like I just was you know a liar or, or a failure or whatever. Uh, I knew that would that would start me down the path, and eventually. Um, I got to a point where it was no longer a chore to to train and run. I actually started to enjoy it, which I did not think was going to happen because I'm not typically I'm not a runner by nature. Sure, you know I'm, I I just never have been. You're but naughty by nature. I'm naughty by nature. I know runner baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I actually found I, I actually have an aptitude for it too. Like nice. I found that I'm I'm relatively swift in uh in in running once I shedded the weight. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so then, so yeah, so after I locked myself in and made myself obligated publicly to do it, uh, I, that got me past the hump to where then it just became routine. That's sure. what I do now as I run, you mm-hmm. know? So it was, it was a little combination of both really. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And, it, and then this is the desire, obviously the, you had October 9th or 8th or whatever it was, right. 8th, you know, you're like, this is when this is happening. So you had like a date. Exactly. Yeah. So I found a training schedule that was that uh, a lot of people used. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Hal Higdon was a famous mar- uh, uh, running. Uh, tr- uh, I don't know if he was track and field or just marathons or what, but very famous uh, uh, in the running world. And he has got a bunch of different training programs. I found one schedule that looked good to me, and I modified it to fit where my base was. And mm-hmm. then I just took off from there. And it was an eighteen-week program, and nice. so I just followed that. And I kind of trusted that. When I get to the end of this, I'll probably be ready. Yeah. <laughs> like I just kind of everyone he's it's a very public thing, so mm-hmm. I feel like he knows what he's doing. So, sure. Yeah. Um and and the other thing was was training with a group or not training with a group. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were were shocked when I told them I didn't train with like uh, one of the bigger running groups in Chicago is Kara mm-hmm. and another one is uh, I think it's called Endurance. Mm-hmm. Um and then Fleet Feet has one and um the reason I didn't do that was because I didn't want to feel beholden to a group beholden to a group like yeah. I if 
you know, if I'm running, I, if maybe I wanted to slow down or speed up, or maybe I wanted to do it in the evening instead of the morning. Like I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to be feel like I was either s- preventing someone else from sure. getting their best out of it or not getting my best. Cause I was worried I needed to hang out with someone else, you know? So well, obviously you were disciplined enough to, to be able to do that right, on right. your own. So that's, I think that's why people probably have those groups. Is oh, they absolutely. Need that encouragement to, if, if to I were to do through. it again, I would highly consider doing it though. Cause sure. the long runs are long when you're doing yeah. it by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's cool. And I, 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 again, it's, it's the idea of, you know, putting something in place because I, I've known you for several years now. I know like you're, you're pretty big on new year's resolutions and, and sort of setting something up so that you can sort of follow through. Yeah. And, uh, I'm always like, fuck that shit. (laughs) It's like, I'll do what I want. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I I don't like, I think part of it is I just like, it's, it's the, I kind of link it like with fate. I'm like, you don't know what's in store for me. Fuck you. I don't give a shit. But it's not fate. It's you choosing. I know. <laughs> and I choose not to do that. And I'm like, fuck that. Okay. Because a part of it, too, is like, you know, it's so funny because um, my mom, she likes to do travel a lot. And a lot of times she's like, how, how about we go somewhere like a year and a half from now? And I'm like, I cannot plan that far out. Right. Like, I have no idea. Like, my schedule's not set in stone. It never, it hasn't been. Because part of it was, you know, my mom was a teacher, so it was like, cool, we know in the summer I'm going to be available, or this is my Christmas break. And, like, she could plan that stuff out. I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Right. I have no idea. Like, I I just, I can't. For me, I'm like, uh, ask, I mean, even a month out is kind of a stretch sometimes. Yeah. I can do minor things, but if you're like, trip, I'm like, I don't know, like... There's a that, lot. There's is a that lot a week of, one or a week two of my training schedule at work? Like, I mean, I have so much to, to consider. Right. With that sort of stuff that I'm like, I don't, I just don't know. So I think that's part of it too is I, I'm almost too practical in a sense of I don't want to set, because people say uh, create a big, hairy, audacious goal, a BHAG, if you will. It's, Ooh. A, it's something I learned from grad school, BHAG. Um, and the idea is, it was like uh, when Kennedy was like, uh, by the end by the end of the decade of right. the 60s, we want to be on the moon. Right. It's like Jesus Christ! Like that's saying a lot. We barely put a person in space, let alone have them land and walk on the moon. Yeah. But the idea of setting like this this great goal and being like, "This is what we're working towards." Right. It's 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 aggressive, but it's achievable. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, is like I also don't want to. I'm also in the past. I known myself where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go all out, and then you don't get there, mm-hmm. and it's like fuck. It's like you know, what? I'm going to start working out. I'm going to work out every. I'm going to work five days a week. Right. It's a terrible idea. Right. Because the first day you don't do it, you're like, well, I failed, and then you just quit. Right. So it's like, set realistic goals. Right. Like, don't go all, you know, all out. But at the same time, it's like, are you really challenging yourself if you do this? Are you getting everything out that you should? Right. So I try to, right now, my goal is to like, set simple goals. Like, um, I'm not a big reader, unless it's like comic books <laughs> or graphic novels. Sure. And nonfiction is just like, why bother? Like, really? I just I have no interest in reading nonfiction. But I've gotten a couple of really cool books uh, from work. And my goal is to read them, and I'm like, give your, I'm like, Doug, just give yourself 30 minutes a night. Oh, nice. See, I give like Give yourself that. instead of playing video games, give yourself 30 minutes a night to read something. I also have Sam lent me a book. Uh, Wayne gave us, you know, Neuromancer. Right, right. I was like, which I'm three pages into. <laughs> I was like, I've got. I'm sitting on my desk next to my computer, which is not the place to have them because I think it's to remind myself that they're there. Right. While I'm playing video games. To shame yourself. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um. But I'm like, give yourself, because I really, you know, um, I went through some leadership development courses and I learned a lot about myself, which was really cool. I learned my behavioral tendencies. You uh, took the, the Myers-Briggs test. I did DISC, which is similar to Myers-Briggs, oh, okay. but it's different. 
Probably uh, simpler because I heard Myers Briggs is fucking an eternity to take that test. Uh probably it depends. There's I'm sure there's different levels of it. Um, for me, uh, disc was pretty cool. The D I S and C stand for different attributes. Like D is dominant, I is influence, S is steadiness, and C is conscientiousness. Okay. And then there's different attributes underneath of those. Okay. And it's basically a circle, and you can fit sort of you know because there's sort of sort of subcategories like. Myself, I came out as my primary trait was steadiness, uh, but I had influence as a secondary trait. Okay. But I also had unusual attributes for my kind, my kind of SIs, as we call it. Uh, which, of SIs? Yeah, we're, we're steady, or, you know, steadiness and influence. Um, we're, very, we're known for being very um, uh, collaborative. Okay. We love to collaborate. We love um, harmony. Um, uh, we we don't like aggression. We don't like conflict. This sounds like astrology for the six sigmas. It is like this That's is really, like business and astrology. It's terrifyingly accurate, yeah. which is spooky because yeah. you read it, you're like, uh, this should not be this accurate. But one of the things that the practical side of me came out in this thing, and it's like you answered these questions very unusual for someone of your type, and it was things like illogical people make me angry, and I'm like strongly agree. It's like. Uh, I dislike inefficiency. Strongly agree. Um, incompetent people bother you. Strongly agree. Like I had these very specific things. That's yeah. like you sway a little bit towards the, like this analytical side, mm-hmm. this cold analytical side, which is very unlike uh, the group of, of like the, the, the tendencies that I have. Which is what's why I love this assessment because you can be this, but also be unique and have some of these other tendencies. Right. So it's like chaotic good, basically. Like exactly. Uh, so it's the idea that um, I learned that where I, I sit and I'm like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. And then we saw these other people in this program and what they what they are. And it's like I learned how to reach out to someone who's very dominant, right? Like someone who's very forceful and like you know not necessarily like a top. <laughs> sure, like a top if you want to put it that way. Which is interesting too because people think that if they um, they don't have a dominant personality that they're they're not going to be a good leader, and that's mm. not true. Interesting. Um, because the dominant person is just known for essentially they want the facts, they want them now, um, and they like it. They actually like it when people challenge them. Interesting. But they don't want someone to challenge them so much that they take control. But if someone stands up for themselves, they actually respect that. Okay. So they're like, cool, because they don't want someone just to go along with them and right. be a yes. A person. pushover is not fun. Well, it's, it's not a, a challenge. It's that's not necessarily. I wouldn't put it that way, but it's not um, someone who you can attack and fight in an octagon and then dominate. It's, it's, no, it's not exactly what. And that then is you put them all. on their back and you teabag them and you say you're my bitch. And then when they respawn, you call them an f word, an n word, and all that other stuff. Right. Yeah. And dominant. then you go do your homework because exactly. you're 12. <laughs> but it's one of those things where knowing something like that and actually hearing it from people who do cons- who like test it out as dominant people, they're like. If people challenge me, they're like, it makes me feel good because I'm like, great, someone's interested in what I have to say. Interesting, okay. If they say something, people are like, uh-huh, uh-huh. They're like, no one gives a shit. No right. one cares. Where someone goes, I disagree with you and here's why. They're like, great, I've got someone who cares enough to speak up and we're making progress here. <laughs> great, I've got someone who I can tell them why they're wrong. <laughs> Fantastic. This is what awesome. I've been waiting for all day. So, and, and there's all these different characteristics that go along with that. And I learned a lot about my personality as well as like my strengths. I took this strengths finder uh, from Gallup, which listed out my five strengths. My top one being harmony, which was like no shit. Um, that's one of my favorite ones just because I'm always trying to make sure that everyone's good to go. I like to keep that balance in groups yeah. and things like that. Did it list out weaknesses too? Um, interesting. Cause that's the one I told you about that said, uh, the, the whole idea of, um, 
you can be whatever you want was false. Yeah. Because it's like, you can't be anything you want, but you can be a lot more of what you already are. So it talked about the story of Rudy. Right. And how uh, basically Rudy, while his effort was commendable and the, everyone loves an underdog story. And for those of you who don't know the story of Rudy, he Spoiler. was uh, uh, Samwise Gamgee uh, from the Shire. I wanted to play for Notre Dame football. Sam uh, Wanganji of the of the Shire yes. joined the uh, the the, Chris, the Spanish Inquisition, <laughs> right? There we go. The Catholic Crusades. <laughs> the Catholic Crusades and against against the the Moors. <laughs> against the Moors, yes. Uh, so basically, uh, yeah, Rudy was a guy who essentially wanted desperately to play football at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tried. It took him like three years to eventually get in, and he tried to get on the team. He got in the practice squad, worked his ass off. So hard, and ultimately he got to play in the very last game of, of his career. He played for one play, and he sacked the opposing team's quarterback. And it was celebrated as like this wonderful story, but the author of this book was like, so his effort, super commendable, very like inspiring, but what if he actually put that effort into something he was good at, something that he was already had a strength in? Right, like cleaning towels. Like cleaning towels, right. you know? Um, like, yeah, never mind. Um like shepherding uh, the chosen one to <laughs> like rationing the Mount, food Mount Mordor, so they can go to Mount Doom and right, back right. to the Shire. I don't. Uh, know. I'm just making up words. I just know Mordor's a thing. Mount Mordor. There's I a mountain it. in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was a chosen one. I don't know. <laughs> he, there might have been a sword a involved. <laughs> he was a helper. Um, so, but they they gave a good idea using math. They're like, okay, so if his effort was a maximum of five, which he totally gave, but his talent for this was a two then that would equate to a 10 if you multiply those oh, things together. Oh, we're multiplying. Yes. Like, multiplying. no, that is a right. 7. False. <laughs> like, But if you take someone like Joe Montana, who also played at Notre Dame, where he had his effort of 5 also, but he also had a strength of 5 in football, his quotient was 25. All right, because so, 5 times 5 is 25. I know that. Exactly. So they're saying the idea was, and he brought up excellent points, which were in our society, we focus so much on our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like when a student gets back their report card, more often than not, parents don't give a crap about what went well. They focus on the grades that aren't good. Right. And like, you got to go in, you got to work extra hard on this because this is your weakness as opposed to not necessarily like ignoring it, but going like, look at how well you did and these other things. How can we focus you on that? Right. Because the idea of being well-rounded is not good. Right. Which I was like, interesting. Because especially in the workforce, the idea of putting someone where they're strong and letting them go and be effective makes more sense than putting someone who's average to weak in something where they're not going to be as effective. Right. And I, yes, yes. And you, yes. I'm so glad. Because you and I were kind of debating about this. Yeah, and I was going to say, I agree agree with uh, the vast majority of this uh, of all of all of this, mm-hmm. I agree with with I would say like ninety seven percent of all of all of everything we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems to me as though it is also saying, if you're not good at something, just stop. <laughs> don't even don't even bother. You're a failure at it, and just move on. And I think that's I think that's bullshit. Well, I think it depends. Like, what do you want to do with that with that weakness? Well, that's what I'm saying. If if it's making you like if you are enjoying doing it sure like if i suck at knitting mm-hmm. or quilting but i it puts me at peace and i enjoy it but my quilts are just fucking god awful <laughs> that are the the concept you're talking about would say stop quilting and go do something that you're good at but why would i want to stop doing something that i enjoy doing 
I think because that increases my quality of life. Well, I think you're. Uh, we're also confusing hobbies versus like um, work life. Because hobbies, whatever, good, bad, whatever, they're your hobbies. You do them in your free time. You enjoy it. That's what right. you do. So, are you? You're saying that this is specifically. Well, specifically thinking, only talking about work life. Well, I'm thinking also like what's like if you're like say for example, I don't know, I hate to use this example, but people that are, want to get on American Idol. Okay. You know, like they're like I sing, I sing and I just really I want to do this and they go out there and they're just average at best. Okay. You know, they're not in that what I don't know how many they pick, 20, sure. I don't know. Whatever it is. Whatever. But they're just like devastated when it doesn't work out. It's like you have to consider there's going to be a situation where you have to come to kind of have to come come to Jesus moment where it's like are you okay with just you know working at you know playing cover bands at bars and stuff like that and the fact that maybe you are not going to get to that level because you just don't have the skill level to do that because if you're putting all of your time and effort into something that you just naturally cap out at I think that's a problem I'm not saying that you can't do it and love it but I think there has to be a realization there of okay if you think, if I think tomorrow I'm going to go out and start working my ass off to get in the NFL, I'm stupid. That ain't going to happen. No, you might. You could be a coach. Oh, boy. <laughs> you could, there's many ways to do You could be working in the front office. Dude, you could totally you know, I mean? you know work on those grounds crews, You know, get that coriation in, that someone, sweet, sweet stuff, get fertilization services Someone in needs there. to aerate that, that, that field. Someone's it ain't going to aerate itself. Someone's got to do irrigation audits. That's what I'm saying. You know, on that sort of stuff. Someone's got to paint the lines, Doug. Someone's got to so, stripe those lines. How many how many, how many many dugs did they just run? I don't yeah. know. Someone needs to lay <laughs> down and measure it out. How, how many dugs did they get there? Right. How many dugs in the field? How many dugs in the field? Someone's <laughs> got to be there to measure someone that out. Someone has to calculate that shit. I'm just saying. <laughs> And you you are a Doug. I am a Doug. So that could work. God damn it. I'm going to do this. <laughs> I, I think it's the idea of, I don't want to say misusing your time and effort, but because there's definitely something to be said for having a passion for something, but I guess it's what your goals are. Kind of go okay. back to that. Like, for example, Rudy desperately wanted to play for Notre Dame sure. in a time where that really meant something. Yeah. Um, and he did go. <laughs> shots fired. And he did. But... I also, again, I think with with the, and I kind of agree with this too, if he had put that amount of effort towards something he was already good at, like what sort of, what his quotient would have been what? 25 for something else. Now. True, but what Because you also run in a situation where people are naturally good at stuff, but they don't like doing it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That totally happens, and that's fine too. Like there's nothing wrong with it, but I think, again, you have to think about your goals. Like what are you aiming to do? And realizing like, for example... I was sitting through a financial presentation the other day, and I was just sitting there. I was like, "What?" Like, pretend. I thought I, was, I felt like I was watching Primer the first time. I'm sitting there just focusing really hard. I'm like, "I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it." And then I'm like, "Fuck it, I lost it." I got right. It. I just I lost it. I, I was, was so close. I was I right was there, like, guys. I was there the whole time. I'm like, "This makes sense. This makes sense." I'm like, "Nope. I'm, that's it. I'm gone." Right. There is a natural cap on how much I'm going to understand with math and finance, and there's a reason why the guys who are working in finance. And math right. are doing that because right. I'm like, that's your strength. You have a vast understanding and a vast knowledge of that. I'm sitting there looking at this stuff. I'm like, how did you calculate this information? What did you pull this from? How do you track this? Right. And I'm not even listening because I'm like, where did I don't I don't even how would you calculate this? Right. Like, did you, where did you learn to calculate this? Like, I understand any of this shit. And well, I'm, then you take that and you expound it to like I watched the movie Hidden Figures. Oh, nice. And you want to talk about like the people who do like the high level, oh god, theoretical math of you know basically space travel when they were they were because there was a great line in there where Kevin Costner is like you know basically you know we can get a man into orbit yada yada yada. 
But then getting a man to the moon, that's math that hasn't been invented yet. Mm -hmm. And he's like talking like in that regard of like you basically have to do theoretical math and invent the math that will make this work. Yeah. What the fuck? Like how do you do that? So there are people who just operate at that insane yeah. level on all different sorts of, of things, you know. And the concepts of that make sense, you know, and that's how it's like. Or you could say Goodwill Hunting as an example. You know, Will Hunting in that movie had a natural gift for math, right. high level, just beyond <clears throat> like he was gifted. But he also had, you know, for per, you know, obviously he had a rough childhood. But he, the idea of him being cooped up in a room doing long division for the rest of his life, to quote that movie, he goes, "That sounds awful." Right? He's like, I don't want to do that. He likes being out working with his hands. He likes and being yeah. with his friends, who are basically his family. Like he struggles with that because it's like, I don't, I don't want to necessarily do what I what I have with this. Sure. So, um, so to some extent, I get that. Like, there's people that are naturally good at some things, and they're like, God, I just, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I'm like, that's a fair point. Right. Fair point. But I think there's also something to be said for the idea of, like, spend all this time getting good at, at math, Justin, because you need to be well-rounded. It's like, yeah, but to what end? Right. Like, you know. I ain't never going to need it. <laughs> it's like. You know, to some extent, you need to have. There's definitely a general level of knowledge you need to have for that sort of stuff. You Not know, so for something. Math. But for algebra, I've got you, Siri. You've always got to solve for X. I've got Doug. That's why I have a Doug. <laughs> Ta -da! Um, so to a certain extent, you do need to have some base knowledge of that stuff because it is applicable. But at some point in time, it's like you could put me in. A lot of different math classes. I'll be like, I just, I'm not going to get this. Yeah. It's just not going to work for me. But you put me in a room and say, Doug, I want you to present. Doug, I want you to perform. Uh, Doug, I want you to. I, I mean, Doug, I want you to make a video, a training video. I'm like, done. Right. Like, give me, give me that. I will do that all day long. Right. I love doing that sort of stuff. Like that, those are my strengths. I love just. Presenting on topics that I care a lot about. I hate presenting stupid shit. Like, this is our website. <laughs> if you click on this link, it'll take you here. We have a couple of those classes. I'm like, this fucking sucks, but we have to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, Doug, talk about our business model as a company for the next two hours. I'm like, well, I would love to, and I'm going to make it fun. Doug, we're going to do a four-hour customer service workshop. Awesome. Where do I sign up? I can't wait to talk about this because this is a boring subject, and I'm going to make it interesting. I'm going to throw in a lot of nerd references while I'm there to make you laugh. You know, like I love, like I get excited thinking about that sort of stuff, and I'm you like, you get excited to talk for four hours mm -hmm. about customer service. Absolutely, oh boy, it's amazing. I get to talk about customer service 101, empathy, customer emotional service 102, <laughs> <laughs> emotional intelligence, professionalism. Like I love talking about that shit. It's my favorite stuff because I know people are like, Ugh, this is so dumb. I'm like, yeah, but we have to talk about it because all you people in here are dum-dums. <laughs> and I got to make sure that we're all on the same page because I get this all the time where people look at me like, ugh, I know how to use CC and BCC. I'm like, yeah. Do you? You, you say that or someone's like, this video's dumb. You showed someone that spilled coffee. Obviously, the right thing to do is to clean it up. I'm like, yeah, then how come it looks like shit in our fucking kitchen? Right. Motherfuckers, clean your shit up. Right. You know, like that's the kind of people that are like, ugh, I get it. I'm like, yeah, you get it now. Right. But you don't get it later. But I try to make that stuff fun. Yeah. Like I get excited. I get really energized. And after going through this development thing, I realized there's a couple certifications I want to get. Yeah. Like I want to be a disc uh, trainer and I want to be a certified coach. Wow. Like nice. to coach other people. And I went and talked to my boss's boss. I was like, how do I go about getting these? I was like, can we talk about And will about the company this? pay for it? Because she said, she goes, I'm a certified coach. I'm like, well, I wrote in my notebook. I'm like, what does that mean and how do I get that? Right. And she immediately, she like lit up. She's like, I think you'd be an amazing coach. I'm like, cool. 
because I'm thinking, is that the next level right. for me? Because I'm like, I love facilitating, but there's some things that are kind of like running its course. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So what's the next level for me? And I'm like, I want to teach higher level things like this that it's going to blow people's minds. Right, teach the teachers, basically. Yeah, it's like, or this is the idea of like, hey, have you ever considered what emotional intelligence is and how it affects your day-to-day job? Because sure. this is really important for yeah. you. And a lot of people don't know what emotional intelligence is. Do you, Justin? Uh, Do you know what your EQ is? Yeah. Seven, three, <laughs> three million, two. <laughs> so I'm going to drop some knowledge on you, Justin. Here we go. Your IQ, your intelligence quotient, that's pretty much established right away. Right. You're not going to... 146. 146,000, you know, pesos. Easy, easy. Um, so that's pretty much established, and there's really not much modifying to it. It is what it is. Right. There's not much you can do. Now... Your EQ, mm-hmm. your emotional quotient, mm. that is something that you can improve and you can change. Can you make it worse? Probably. Awesome. If you ignore it. It can go both ways. Awesome. Can. Yeah. Just like my prom night. Hey. hey. Um, so, but the idea being that, you know, and, and I took this emotional intelligence quiz and I was like, I got some of my results on my worst. There was four categories and the worst one makes perfect sense based on my disc assessment. Okay. Self-awareness was the one I did worst on. Okay. Which basically means acknowledging what I'm I feeling. am me? I am me. I exist. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. Doug, Doug went into a two-week hermit mode <laughs> existential crisis. I exist. <laughs> Uh, but the idea of being like acknowledging what emotions you're feeling and knowing what those are, yeah. I struggle with that. Okay. I always have. And I realized that because a lot of my life when I felt a certain way, people would be like, shut up. I'm like, okay. So I just, I clench up and I would yeah. push that stuff down and taking acting classes. And it's like, you're having a hard time f- actually feeling this emotion, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I am. Like your homework <laughs> is to take the week and when you're, you feel an emotion, let it happen. Breathe it in be like I'm going to let myself be mad or whatever and that's the thing one of the things I'm working on and as someone who is very collaborative and doesn't like conflict that makes perfect sense sure. because why would I speak up if I'm, I don't want to rock the boat right. harmony is my strength there you go versus fucking hippie the other one which is relationship management which mm-hmm. was my strongest which basically means that I'm really good at managing others like the emotions of others and keeping that stuff in check because I'm supportive, I'm collaborative, I like harmony. Stop. So it makes sense. Right. So being aware of that stuff. So, you know, my way to fix self-awareness is sitting there literally going like acknowledging like I am feeling anger right now. Like, or I'm feeling frustrated because of X, Y, and Z and that's leading me to this point so that I can acknowledge that because also what I noticed is when I get annoyed, I become a smart ass to try and defuse the situation but I'm also taking a pot shot at somebody while I'm doing it. Interesting. So... I do that sometimes in training uh, when someone does something that's either really obnoxious or something that really annoys me, but it's not so far out of line where I will just call them out on it because I have to. But if someone gives like a ridiculous answer to something where it's like, you're obviously just trying to be difficult, I just, I take a little jab at them. Yeah. Like, boop. And then like everyone's laughs and then we move on. And that's my way of sort of like keeping, keeping my anger in check and also sort of like putting them in their place. Right, right. I'm like, hmm. Is that really what the answer is? Do you really think that's true? That sort of sarcasm yeah, yeah. will come out. I'm, I'm just like, you got to be careful of that. Because that's, that's kind of like I feel like a stand-up controlling the, the hecklers in the oh, room. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I was like, we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna nip that in the bud right now. Right. We're gonna, you, you are not running the show here. Yeah, exactly. Papa's running the show. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, nope. And that's wrong. 
right. maybe you should think about think before you speak. Um, but but having that knowledge, you has want been a towel real- to clean the shit coming out of your mouth? Oh shit! Yeah, it's wow. We actually like synced up. I know, right? That was awesome. Are we are we on our man periods together? Did we just have sex? Whoa. Are my fast deference okay? <laughs> Are there spiders coming out of it? Oh my god, the spiders coming out of my pee pee. Um, but yeah, that stuff, like, I love just, you can see how excited I got just gushing about that. And then I learned this. Right. And then I learned that. But it's it's so important for me, you know, <laughs> to establish goals through all, all of this. Hey, way to bring it full circle, Cochran. I was like, it's funny because I started on this track. I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> I don't even know where I was. Just I was going like, to nod along and listen to it happen. I was just like, yeah, uh, New Year's resolutions are dumb. <laughs> Fuck those things. I was like, so self-awareness. So I'm going to make Disc New Year's resolutions now. And whatever. But it's important because I'm like, you know. So you're starting to realize, basically, you're starting to understand uh, the value and importance of actually putting goals on yourself. And, yeah. and, and not, I mean, New Year's resolutions aside. Sure. Setting things similar to resolutions up for yourself that, yeah. that can actually help steer a course for you instead yeah, of you just because I feel like when you're when you're happy like where you are right now you're very happy in your job mm-hmm. and I feel like you can get complacent very oh, yeah. easily because again like you said when your mentor said well you know what do you what are your goals what do you want to do and you're like why this like can't I just keep doing this because it's so comfortable you've been through such shit to get to a point to where mm-hmm. you're very happy why would you ever want to go beyond that because yeah. here is comfy. Yeah. Here I know what I'm doing. Here I am validated. Here I am safe. It's yeah. like being in a nice warm blanket. You sure. know, like I don't want to I don't want to come out of this blanket. Yeah. And but yeah, again, if you do that, then you're, you know, you just you're you just get stale and yeah. stinky and you just drill farts in that blanket and all day. Then when you open it, you fucking, you know, pass knock yourself out. Yeah. Stink bomb. And it's so true too because like, you know, I'm an opportunity like I have there's a lot of great opportunities at my company. Um, cause we're growing so fast that if I play my cards right and I do well, there could be even greater opportunity. I'm a, I have a very, um, strong connection. I have very, I'm very visible to senior leaders yeah. at my company. They know me by a first name, right? Like, which is kind of fucking weird. Most of like the newer people that have come through that are high level like senior leader people, I'm training them for the first two weeks, so I establish rapport with them. Right, you establish dominance over them. <laughs> but it's weird because like it, what's been great about that too is you know in other jobs that I've had, it's like oh that's the owner or ooh yep. that's the general manager, ooh that's the CEO, like mm, he's above you, right? But seeing these people come through like training at first, I got nervous, but then I'm like these are human beings, right? Who may have extremely important jobs to do, but they still have to learn the company like everybody else. Right. And the, the fortunate thing is the good ones acknowledge that. Right. They don't look at themselves like, I don't need to go through this class. I they welcome it. it. Yeah. And they're very much on board. And they're, they for them, it's important to see what we have in place so they can get onboarded and be like, cool, I know what we, how everyone starts. Right. From lowest level to highest level, I know exactly how we're starting, how we're doing, and that kind of invigorates me and makes me feel um, makes me feel great. Is that? I mean, do you think? Because I mean, you got to kind of take into consideration that they all they all have a disc, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like they all have yeah. they all fall somewhere on that thing. So yeah. they've got they've like you. I guess it helps to know that they have weaknesses, they have strengths, they have insecurities, they have. Yeah. Uh, you know things that they're they're uh, confident about. They've got they everything that you 
gone through and learned about yourself, all of them have the same thing. And so it, it's it's almost like looking at a celebrity and going, oh, it's just a person who's doing really well at their job. Yeah. Like they're just, they found success in, their, in what they're doing. Which is, it's kind of relieving for me to, to cut through that. Yeah. Because there's so much stigma that gets placed on those sorts of roles. Sure. You yeah. Know, if someone's like, I'm a CEO of like a 6,000 person company. You're like, Jesus Christ. Right. Like, How do you do it? Like, yeah. Wow. This is, this is someone who's up there, but also... We have an incredible CEO who is also very, you know, he wants to connect with everyone. He oh, wants sure. to help, you know, get to know people and stuff like that. So that helps and that's contagious as far as like that, as opposed to, I've never enjoyed the, mm, sorry, I'm at this level, fuck off, peasant. Right. You know, I've told this before, but the general manager at the hotel I worked for just, he was so just, he played into that role hard. Yeah. Just, just he tried to take advantage of this sort of things like Bellman, take my clothes to my car. Bellman, go get me a paper out front. Uh, I think that's someone who's self-aware of the position <laughs> they're in, and they just they're trying to milk a position that they know they're never going to rise above. Like yep. that's someone who is actually super insecure. Well, I will also give that person credit. Um, they were at the end of their career, and I'm thinking, where did they start, and what was the traditional business hierarchy like? Ah, okay. And that traditional hierarchy was if you want to be important and if you want to feel value and if you want to get money, you rise up those ranks. Whereas nowadays, I look at, you know, that traditional hierarchy doesn't work that well mm. because going back to strengths, you know, let's say, uh, Justin, that um, you're an excellent salesperson. Like you just, you nail sales. I'm decent, but okay. Let's just say that's that's where your strength role lies. Right. You're excellent at that. You, you kill it on a day-to-day basis. But the hierarchy says if you want more money, if you want to be successful, you've got to be a sales manager. You have to manage people. Mm. What if you're not good at managing people? Right. What if you're just good at sales? All of a sudden, you're put into a situation where you're not utilizing your strength. Right. You're maybe utilizing maybe an average strength or maybe even a weakness, but that's the that's the track you have to take. Right. Why can't we create a track where we're like, Justin, we're going to keep you in sales because you fucking kill it, and we're going to create a track where you get compensated accordingly to be this master salesperson okay. where you don't have to do that because it doesn't make sense for you and it's also not going to provide the best benefit to the company. But wouldn't you would couldn't one argue that with that you are manufacturing positions that might not be necessary to keep someone in a role? Not necessarily. I would say maybe you have like let's 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 call it different levels. Let's say you have sales associate, uh, sales specialist and like maybe senior sales awesome person i like it so maybe you build up these levels and maybe you even keep it even you keep going with it where someone's going to climb these ranks and they're going to be compensated accordingly okay because we're playing to their strengths yeah but i mean what do you what's the difference between a sales associate and an ssap so let's say that uh the sales associates that's like the entry level position to the sales level okay and then you move up to the specialist yeah. like this is the person who's kind of and then you have the, the super, ssap yeah, the ssap who's like this is the person that's like a master of their role they keep and they they're really good at what they do and okay. they and they want to be there but like they're also that's where they provide the most value they don't want to manage anybody so we should be able to create a track that compensates them accordingly so that a we keep them but i'm saying like what's the difference between them and just the regular sales associate like how do you differentiate without giving them more responsible like without giving them either direct reports or more more responsibilities how do you differentiate them from is it just the salary I would say probably their performance, their merit. 
Okay. You know, what are they bringing in on a regular basis? Is this person crushing their sales goals every month consistently? Okay. Are they Sully from Monsters, Inc., who consistently every month brings in the highest scare amount for the Monsters Incorporated company? Because if so, we should reward them for that. I agree with and we that. Want, and we want to keep them there. And we should just basically be like, this person totally understands exactly what this role is and we need them. So we should try to keep them by saying, like, look, merit-based, which a lot of what sales is anyway. Right. Um, but I'm saying, like, you could, I mean, taking that and, and going into any, <coughs> going into any, um, let's say, customer service. Sure. Right, because we've both worked that. So yes. let's say customer service roles. There's not really, you can't really go anywhere mm-hmm. without taking on a supervisor-type managerial role. Right. Where would you, that's what I'm saying. Like, where, what could you possibly create? Outside of that, you well, know what I'm saying? I would also like to think that uh, we could create that role that is a fun to be in, for starters. It's not like, Jesus Christ, I hate this role. If you can do that. Zappos did it. Then I will absolutely Disney believe that it. you're an alchemist. <laughs> Zappos does it. Disney does it. Um, you think of Zappos is one of my favorite examples because they're essentially a call center. Right. And they fucking kill it. I think their record for longest call that they had for customer service was seven hours. A guy stayed on the phone with someone for seven hours giving them customer service, and they celebrate that. Yeah, but why would it take you seven hours? Uh, that's what that's what the customer needed. All right, fine. And they were willing to do it. And because they've established this culture where mm-hmm. it's like, look, you do whatever you have to do, and they don't be like, you do have to do, have to do but within reason, and we're going to drag you through the coals, and it's like, well, yeah. the bottom line. Yeah. No, they've established a culture where they celebrate their customer service, and and people enjoy being there. Right. They enjoy working at this place. They're compensated okay. accordingly. It's a great job. They feel supported. They like working there. And it's like, great. You, We're going to celebrate everything that you do, and we're going to, you know, and if, and if you don't have the aptitude to do this, let's see if we can try to get you there, but if it's not your strength and if it's not where you, you want to be, then let's keep you in this role, but let's not make it like, oh, sorry, you've capped out for this role. Right. This is the most you're going to get. You're not going to grow anymore because then they're going to leave. Right. Why? Why make someone leave? But that's what I'm saying. So, would you like theoretically? Would you talk about like having a like a, a customer service rep who's doing the same job as an entry level position, but they're getting like ninety grand because yeah. they've been there for fifteen, twenty years? If they've earned it, why not? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Like, well, why? Why would you let someone go who's good at it and likes being there? That's what I'm saying. Though, yeah. Like, you would pay someone in in a customer service position. I, again, these are all just mm-hmm. hypothetical yeah. numbers, but someone in the customer service position, hypothetically the same as a VP. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Why not? Because the thing is, for I me... I can dig that. For me, because I can get on board it's, with it's that. weird to... It, I paused for a second yeah. because I'm like, that's crazy. Because when why, you say that, it's yeah. you sit there and go, well, no. Well, why but, is it crazy? It's because that's the hierarchy that we've always known. Right. So you're talking about really breaking the mold. Yeah. Like, we should... Because hmm. is there a difference between a VP... And someone who excels at customer service. The difference is this person's good at leading strategic stuff. It's it's not an apples to apples comparison. That's actually a very good point because there's a lot of VPs. There's a lot of people in very senior positions that I if if they were to have been if they were to be put into you know a lower role, I don't I honest or a quote unquote lower role, I don't think they would fare well at all. I would think they would get a very rude awakening of what it's actually like and how hard it actually is. My mentor told me he goes he was pointing at the operations people. He goes. I can't do what they do. Yeah. He's like, could I do it? Probably. He goes, I could fumble around our would, system would and I figure do it this well? out. He goes, I don't want to do that. Right. He's like, that's not what I'm good at. Right. He's 
he's an extremely intelligent person who's good at strategy and managing entire departments and stuff like that. And I was like, that makes sense. So why, okay, has this person maybe spent more time in school, therefore there's supposed to be some formula that's like, well, you've invested this much in your education and supposedly you've had this many classes. Right. We're kind of hitting on the whole higher education theme again. But so that somehow equates to a higher value? Right. Mm, to some degree, I guess. But how is that different than someone who's like, look, I am the best customer service person you've ever met. Right. I will nail any and every customer service situation. I will blow it out of the water. I'm going to give you something unique to your company that you'll never have, which is basically the same thing the VP can say is mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm great at strategic analytics. I'm very good at business development. I'm really good at at managing people. I'm going to give you something that's unique that you've never seen before. How then are those two so different from each other? That's actually a very good. It's a valid point. It's a hard thing to get your head around because you're like, no, 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 no. this is that VP. And right. It's like, yeah, but this person is really fucking good at what they do too. Why can't how, we celebrate that? Right. This is how social standards have been, or how yeah. everything has been set up that we understand this is this person is above this person. That's an old ass business model, man. It's a really good point. And it's something that I've like when someone broached that to me, I was like. At first, I was like, yeah, okay. But the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, why can't we do that? And why does the hierarchy just have to go straight up? Right. Like, why can't, why is it, because what happens along that way, too, is your ops level, your your entry level people are communicating to their managers who are communicating to their managers, communicating to their managers, communicating to their managers. If you're lucky, it gets to the top. Right. If you're lucky. Right. And then what are the odds that it's going to get back down? You know what I mean? Like yeah. That's what happens so many times. People are like, I feel like people don't listen to our concerns. Well, it's because it doesn't get all the way up. Yeah. Because it has to follow the fucking chain of command. Yeah. And then it doesn't come back down. So why is it that we can't have like the CEO or they've t- I've seen really interesting hierarchy charts of like high level people who are also surrounded uh, by entry level people. And they're like these pockets of teams. Yeah. And I've seen it with other companies where people have like this senior VP and whatever. Oh, and then they restructure. It's like, you're a team lead now. They like, didn't I like, don't know how to, what, why? They yeah. didn't like that title. They're like, no, 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 no. I'm a senior. Like, no, you're a team lead and now you have a team of 10 people. Right. And you're going to manage those 10 people and you, and you as a team are going to do these different initiatives and stuff like that. The people who enjoyed that and wanted to stay with the company and bought into it stayed. The other people left. Yeah. And they reestablished their organization where they're like, we can be more flexible, more agile. This makes more There's sense because keyword. you have... You have intelligent and, and really good leaders who are now on the ground level yeah. with people who are making changes, making initiatives, and they can affect change better that way as opposed to, all right, all of you guys, uh, you are going to report up and report up and report up. Right. And it's like the people at the very top don't have any idea what's going down at the bottom. That's, That's always th- been my biggest my biggest beef with, with the corporate structure. Yeah. It's just that you don't they get you get so far out of touch with what's actually happening. And I hate I don't like using the term boots in the ground or, mm-hmm. or in the trenches, but mm-hmm. that is really what it is, yeah. is you're in the trenches, you're getting you know, you're taking you're taking the shitstorm every day and the people at the top have no idea what what truly they might get reports. They might like you said, the things will get filtered up but when it gets filtered up, it's been diluted. You don't get the real report about what's going on. Because in the best world, they just get the information. But in the real world, people put their own spin on it because people want to advance. Absolutely. Politics gets infused in there. Absolutely. People are trying to cover their ass because they don't want to get fired. So right. they manipulate that sort of stuff. And for me, it's also just like, you know, like we talked about is the, the people at the top may not know what it is that's going on. They may just get the numbers. There's a story that goes with those numbers, and they don't know what that story is. I have that conversation with people all the time. I'm like, look, we have an analytics team 
they're reviewing the numbers. Those numbers tell them a story. They don't know the human side. Right. You have to go and tell them that human side because there may be a real good reason why these numbers don't make sense to them, mm-hmm. and you have to explain that to them. So if someone's just calculating stuff, and they're like, well, here's the performance levels. It's like, okay, do you have a reason behind that? That's what I loved about a stats class that I took when I was in college. People are like, stats can tell a lot of different stories. You can manipulate them. Oh, yeah. You can say whatever you want. So my teacher, who was amazing, was always important about, she's like, okay, we would run these complicated you know, stats reports and use this program to spit out this number. She goes, what do these numbers mean? Right. Don't just hand this in to me and be like, here's the answer. She goes, what do these answers mean? Right. You need to explain this to me. And that's something that's always stuck with me is like, I can stare at numbers all day long, but what's the what's the real point behind right. this? What's the actual data that I'm mining out of this? Because what I love too is like, you've seen people cheat the system. Oh, and yeah. you can catch that because if you look at the numbers, you're like, like, well, technically, um, you guys don't need this because the numbers say this. It's like, that's actually bullshit. Right. And here's why. Yeah. And you slam that down. They're like, oh, shit. It's like, yes. See, this is why we need to have this communication because at some point, the way we have the stuff structured in most corporate America is like those, the people that as they go up, they don't have the ability to be that connected. Mm-hmm. Their roles just gets them further and further apart. Right. They're looking at the high level. Right. The, the, the bird's eye view. They're not getting a look at that ground level stuff. Right. So they have no idea what people are going through. They have no idea how like maybe a process that they've just had in place for a while is actually making people's lives miserable because it's burdensome. It's inefficient. So people are every day churning through the same thing that should be automated. So if you take, if you automate that stuff and take away that doldrum of their lives and you let them focus on more high level and concerning stuff, it makes them happier. Right. Makes them feel like, they're doing something as opposed to like the hotel where it's like, check them in, check them out, check them in, check them out. That was miserable. I got to the point where I was like, this is the same thing every day. Like, I feel like I'm not make, I'm not doing anything good because as soon as I get everyone checked out and I get everyone checked in, we reset it for the next day. I'm like, what's the point of this? Right. It's just What's never, our goal? Right. It's just never ending. It's, it's like, just this never ending loop of, yeah, you're, there's, there is no end to a pro- I think that's the thing that drives me the most nuts about a lot of the positions that I've had is it just, it was a never ending f- stream of work that was coming through and there was never, you never got to see something come to completion, like the pinnacle of this project or great, this thing and now I get to see it actually get implemented and now I move on to this other thing. It was just this nonstop loop of just constant this, 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 and it just never stops. I think that was most evident in our last job. Yeah. Partially because it wasn't meant to grow. Oh, sure. Yeah. So yeah. we were essentially just told like, yeah, we're just going to kind of tread water here and do what we have to do. Right. And it was like just time after time, we did the exact same thing. And I was like, what's our purpose? Right. What's our goal? Where do, because where do we know? Yeah. Again. What's our goal? Where yeah. are we growing? Exactly. Yeah. What are we supposed to be doing and how can we automate this stuff so that we can focus on, because at the end of the day, like at the hotel, my thing would be like, guys, our goal is the best customer service. Sure. So how do we get there? Let's get rid of this really boring shit that you right. do every day. That's why I think a lot of times these companies are like, hey, check in online. Or you show up, there's a kiosk, check right. yourself in. People are like, well, that's not good customer service. I'm like, what it's doing is it's freeing these people up to take care of the real problems here, to serve you better. Right. Because they don't have a line of people that have to check in. Right. Asking stupid fucking questions and the same well, complaints over and over again. Let's free them up to answer those stupid questions well, as yeah. opposed to having to check people in. There's a kiosk. It seems less personal, but it was, you know, it's like, great. You go in, you tap the button, you get your key, you go. Right. 
congratulations, you're in your room. If you have a problem, come see us because if everyone's doing this, we are now free to take care of the more impressing or more pressing yeah. issues that are there. The other thing that you're free to do is consider who would win. In a, a throwdown. Throw yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> That was amazing. We are harmonizing fools today. Yes. Uh, so good. Good. So today's throwdown. Mm-hmm. I've gone through a whole array of thoughts during the during the episode oh of who, what we could do, and different themes and stuff we've talked about. Yeah. But I think what uh, I think what would be fun today, since the new Justice League trailer dropped, mm. to pay homage to it. Homage. Uh, I think I want what I want to do, and I don't think we've done this before. I want to do. Ben Affleck's Batman mm-hmm. versus Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Well, if we do Ben Affleck's Batman, he's willing to kill people. Very true. And he uses guns on his vehicles. True. But not even Deadshot was able to tag Daredevil, Ben Affleck's Daredevil. That's a good point. Or Bullseye, not Deadshot. Bullseye. That's a good, that is a good point. Um, because he's a blind lawyer, Doug. <laughs> blind lawyer. Blind lawyer. Yeah, bullseye never made sense that he could never kill him. Um, uh, huh. I feel like... Also because Ben Affleck's Batman, while I like most of the portrayal of it, I still feel like the property it's attached to is just barely trying to keep its head above water and I feel like it's similar to Daredevil in that regards where actually I take that back I do not want to compare the current DC stuff to Daredevil because it definitely it's many steps above that because that was just a just a god awful fucking early 2000s movie yeah I will say I mean it may as well have had Britney Spears and like Mark McGrath in that movie because that's just what it looked like yeah yeah Um, like if Mark McGrath jizzed on 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 film that's what would come out. Ta-da. Spiders. Spiders. <laughs> After they chewed off his vest. Efforts. That's right. Um, so I, I'm thinking, because it's funny, because I'm like, well, Daredevil was trained by Stick. Well, in that iteration, we didn't see that. Right. We don't know so who he was trained by in that know who he was trained by. Yeah. All we know is that he was a child, and then uh, we cut two years later where he has all this stuff. Right. Uh, he sleeps in some tank that, who built it? Who knows? Um, he's even though he's blind, he can easily spell out DD in gasoline and then light it on fire. Uh, basically Naturally. saying, "Hey, I killed a guy, and here's my calling card. Right. I did it." Right. Um. So come that, find me, pussies. That being said, um, I would say I have to give it to Batman. Okay. Uh, even though they're both willing to kill, obviously they're both willing to kill. Um, they both leave their mark. One in gasoline, one brands them with an eye, with a fucking bat iron. It's yeah. There's similarities here. I think it's because of Batman's. First of all, I don't remember Daredevil that well, but I don't know if he fought a ton of guys at the same time. That's fair. So Batman has the ability to multitask and clear out entire rooms of people. Um, That's true. He's very true. tactical. Were they well-trained? Maybe in weapons, but I don't know. I don't know who these fucking guys were. Who gives a shit? Sure. But I feel like he also has tons of gadgets. That's which we true. we see That's true. Know, very easily. Um, I feel like he could you know, set some automated shit up to you know, kill him. So I you mean, think just purely tactician alone, yeah. Batman would have it because he's, he's, he never walks in bat blind. would have it, yes. Bat, bat, bat flick? Bat flick bat. would have it. And then... Bad Affleck, <laughs> Ben Devil, um, no, Darefleck, Darefleck, 
and bat dare ben <laughs> dare ben. Mm. Mm. ben i like ben devil ben devil <laughs> Ben Devil and Batfleck. Ben Devil and Batfleck. Yes. All right. So you think that 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 Batfleck would not simply walk into uh, an encounter with Ben Devil? One simply does not walk into an encounter <laughs> with Ben Devil. With ben Devil. <laughs> Audio means. <laughs> um, I just I didn't see enough from that movie of Daredevil to see his tact, his strategy. Okay. His, his, I mean, yeah, he was able to survive uh, Bullseye. He was able to beat the Kingpin, right? Because it he was just able to win to over Electra. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I, beat her on a seesaw. There you go. Um, Actually, technically, she vested him yeah. in that schoolyard fight. Um, I, I just didn't see that enough of love enough that would prove to me that. Also, I mean, what, what? I mean, Batfleck has a suit of armor. I'm not talking like the thing he does to fight Superman, but even then, his suit is very well, you know, protected. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Daredevil yeah. doesn't have shit. No, he's wearing what seems to be the same thing that Eddie Murphy wore in his yeah. raw in his in his Delirious special. So I'm saying, just, just a like, red amount of damage suit. that they could take him. What's he gonna do? Just flip around and do stuff like that? I mean, Batman's. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's just gonna straight be straight up hand to hand though. Again, we're talking about the armor that they have. Batfleck could take a lot more damage than uh, I just can't, Ben Devil. I, can't, it, I mean, it's, I would have to assume it's some sort of a Kevlar type thing, but that doesn't make a difference when you're when you're just well, trading saying, punches. Well, I'm saying if a guy's punching him, he can take a lot more of that than what damage is that going to do to him? You know what I mean? Well, I guess. I mean, it all. I, if someone's like, ha, kick, kick, kick. You're like, yeah, that doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? Like, he can take a lot more damage, and he's already well trained. So that if if uh, Ben Devil you know makes a mistake and gets blasted, like what's going to protect him? You know what I mean. So like if they're just sit there trading punches, who's going to outlive the who's other one? Outlast, yeah. Just based on their armor alone and what they're attacking with. I know Bat Batflick's chin is pretty exposed. It is pretty. That's exposed. all I'm saying is you know that's true. It just takes that. But I just feel like again, you know, uh, based on tactics, yeah. Because I also don't think Batman or Batfleck would be. We don't see a situation as dumb as that movie is. Uh, you don't. See, he sets up a bunch of shit to attack Superman. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I mean, he again. I got. You got to go back to the fact that he his ta- tactically. Yeah, he's, he would probably know everything there is to know about sure. uh, uh, Ben Devil. Know everything about. He would set the perfect place to fight. And he would set up traps. He'd be ready to go. He'd know right. everything there is to know about him. He would him. probably do something to throw off Daredevil or Ben Devil's sense of he'd probably, hearing or smell. You know where he'd fight? He'd fight in a goddamn subway station because we see that right out of the gate in Daredevil. A Daredevil's fighting someone. A train goes by and he goes, he gets confused. He That's where he'd fight the, him. Yeah. He'd fight him down there. That's true. Or he'd just, they're just banging pots and pans together and then punch him with clank, it. Clank, clank, clank. Yeah, he'd sit like a bunch of those little monkeys with, with, with their cymbals off and he'd be like, I don't, what's going on? There's all this sonar and then just bam, bam, just blast him. Or he'd probably just sick sonar, just blow out his eardrums and then beat him to death. Right, yeah. That or he would just he would just shoot him with the cannons on the Batmobile. Exactly. Done. Run him over. Yeah. yeah like it's it's. I just feel like he has too much at his disposal where uh, Ben Devil just would not be able to hold up. All right. We got Batflick for the win. Batflick for the win. Ta-da. That's it. Guys, that was that was my gap, and you're welcome. And you're welcome, uh, Justin. You have anything you want to promote or anything like that? Big Mouth, go fucking watch Big Mouth. Big Mouth on Netflix. Go I have to second watch that. this show. It's uh, created by Nick Kroll and a few other folks. It's got Nick Kroll, John uh, Mulaney, 
Maya Rudolph. I mean, it's got everyone. Uh, Jordan Peele, Jason Manzukis. Uh, Paul Shear's in an episode. Mark Duplass is in an episode. What does Paul Shear? What is? Which one does he play? Paul Shear and Mark Duplass play Jay's brothers. Oh shit! Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh my god. But it's got Kristen Wiig as a talking vagina. That's Kristen Wiig. That's Kristen oh, Wiig. I didn't even realize that she's so good. It's got Jack McBrayers in it. It's yes. got uh, You said Jordan Peele already. Uh, uh, Fred, Fred Armisen. I mean, the fucking cry. The the list goes on and on. Chelsea Peretti's in one episode. Yes. I mean, you just you can't get. If you've watched Silicon Valley, the yes. tall nerdy guy, yep. he plays uh, he plays a character in there. Like, there are so many people in this goddamn show. It's amazing, and it's basically about kids going through puberty. That's so really what it is. If you remember what that was like, uh, this is very similar to that. Yeah. So check it out. Uh, I enjoyed it. There's a couple of weird episodes. Look, but here's the thing: it's, it's dirty. It, it's it's very not safe for work. I started <laughs> watching it at work on lunch and when the first cartoon penis came on screen I was like alright well this is not a work show so yeah, I they all turn home. into penises <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, there's definitely uh, yeah they, they don't pull punches nope. they they go they go the full distance and then some so and just know you're yeah. getting into it and it is it does get a little weird mm-hmm stick through it push through it it push through it it, it uh, Jenny Slate is another one She's Jenny a, Slate yes yeah. God, it's just good, man. It's, check it out. I thoroughly enjoyed it and immediately wanted to start watching it again. Yeah. And I did, so Jill could catch some of them. There they you were, go. It was very, very good. So definitely check out Big Mouth uh, on Netflix. It's 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 available now. Check it out. Again, very R-rated, though. Just, yeah. Just go into it knowing that it is it is it's a it's heavy filthy, R-rating. Yeah. But it's filthy enough. It's filthy enough. It's just filthy enough. Just like you guys. And speaking of you guys, you can find us on Facebook. Facebook. Yikes. Go with it. Uh, Facebook, you can look for our page there. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Mind Gap Podcast. And Justin uh, exists in the realm of ones and zeros. I was just saying, you just exist. If you <laughs> if you type in www.justinstrandland.com, your computer will connect with a DNS server. That DNS server will go to a whole bunch of other servers. It will find what it needs, the pieces of the puzzle it needs to actually get to the server where my website lives. I will not tell you what the actual IP address is for it. Just type in the the the, the name justinstrandland.com and let the DNS servers and the whole internet do its job. Let the automation take place so you can enjoy your life. Trust the system is Trust what I'm saying. Also, Twitter and Instagram, at uh, Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It is the fun way of spelling it. While you're in the online realm, check us out on Stitcher and on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us, review us, show us a little bit of love, and it will come back to you tenfold. Yes. We love hearing from you, and uh, we do want to hear uh, any comments you have on anything that we've said. Uh, fact check us. If you're Wayne, you know, he doesn't pull punches. Hit fact us Fact check the fuck out of us. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can hit us up on any of the social medias. Please do leave a review, though, on, on any of the uh, iTunes or Stitcher, just because uh, a, you may not think it helps, but it does. All of those things go into one giant algorithmic pot, and it makes for a nice bubble-to-the-top stew for us. Yeah. Uh, com slash mindgap and com slash podcast ever, even though the Best Bar Podcast ever is on hiatus for October, we will be back. Mindgap is still going strong. Yeah. So if you guys want to think about what you think are some of your strengths, uh, are you good at setting goals? What are some of your goals? Share with us. We'd love to know more about you and what you're going through both professionally and personally. Yeah. I mean, we see you on your webcams all the time, so it just makes sense that we would want to know more about you. I'm on Justin's webcam. I pirated that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching you. See you guys next week. Mind Gap Podcast.